You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. All right, well, it's hour number two for today. And uh, we're going to head uh, now to the, uh, the, the, the call-in line. So we got our friend Jeff Poor on the line, executive director at 1819 News. And also, by the way, the host of the Jeff Poor Show on FM Talk 106.5 down in Mobile. And uh, glad to have him with us. Jeff Poor, how you doing, brother? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thank you for making time. Hey, listen, you guys on 1819, y'all ran a story today that I tied right into this segment I'm in. Uh, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall joins a lawsuit over the Department of Labor's ESG rules. So first of all, Marshall's on it. He sees something that's a federal overreach piece. I, I guess here's, here's my first question for you, Jeff. Is it just me or do we see more federal overreach in the Biden administration than perhaps we've ever seen? I think it really, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, was the whole COVID experience and using COVID uh, or using federal funds or any strings attached to federal funds as a way to push the vaccine. I mean, you know, the, the not really a very unprecedented act was uh, ruled constitutional by the courts. But, you know, I guess the lesson for here, Senator, to me, we like to pat ourselves on the back about having Richard Shelby bring all this federal funding. And, and every time we, we take money from the federal government, or something that is tied to the federal government, they can start attaching a bunch of strings that may, I, I think, contradict sort of cultural social values in Alabama. Well, I, I, I totally agree. In fact, I've got a story that I hadn't even had a chance to get into yet that I guess I'll just go ahead and reference now. And it's an older story. It came out in the middle of last year. I got a piece off of NBC News. But they literally say that Republican attorneys general are having to sue the Biden administration because the Department of Agriculture, which is where these the monies for free and reduced lunches for schools comes from, that if you if you use the money for feeding kids in schools who can't eat otherwise, that you've got to uh, you've got to uh, start activating the LGBTQ agenda the Biden administration wants, or you don't get the money. I mean, for the love. But there's a stringer. There's a, there's a classic point of what you're talking about: overreach reaching into state issues, but you're using money and they're tying their policies to it. Well, isn't that the reason why we shouldn't be so like uh, head over heels for federal money is like, look, they could come into your backyard, start dictating how you're going to conduct your affairs, stuff that's typically delegated to the states to handle. And because the person that's in charge of the federal government or the people in charge of the federal government don't like the way the states are handling their affairs as laid out by the Constitution, they're going to uh, they're going to start threatening your money. And, and, you know, it's just something kind of perverse about threatening school lunches. Uh, they, they really took issue with the uh, the bathroom bill yeah. uh, in, in Alabama schools, public schools. And this was one of the examples where they said, well, you know, we're going to, uh, 
you either got to do away with that law that the legislature passed or uh, maybe we'll we'll roll back some of these uh, you know these nutrition benefits for schools it, it's a, yeah it boggles the mind I think it also tends to show that they they care less about people more about policies because these are children who may not get a meal or a good meal at the very least uh, at home and that's what the fun, funds are there for but I saw it in other places too I mean you see things like um, we, we actually, as a state, make a great deal of money from the royalties from offshore oil and gas exploration in our state territorial waters in the Gulf Coast. And, um, and when you see the Biden administration activate its green agenda and then shut off all oil and gas leases and explorations, we as a state are losing money for our rainy day fund. We're not getting those funds in. And so those decisions, it's like they don't care. They just make a decision, Katie barred the door. Your thoughts? Well, and, and I, I wonder, like, I don't think, I, I don't know this for a fact. I, I just, I, I don't, I, I, if Joe Biden, we had to ask him, he probably is a, you know, a global warmer and believes in anthropogenic climate change and, and, and whatnot. But, but it seems like what this really is, is a way to pay off the green community for his election. And, and, and it goes to that. It goes to the Keystone Pipeline. It goes to other leases around the country. It's, it's like, it's like they're having to repay some kind of favor uh, that, that got them elected. It, it's just it's a it was a policy they instituted. And I know we talked about it during the campaign. We saw a bunch of discussion about it during the Democratic primary, but it was something that really was not when Biden assumed the presidency. He didn't talk about it like we're going to do this. It just happened suddenly, and no one really I, I you know like imagine putting money in something like the Keystone Pipeline as an investor. And that suddenly happened the way it was, and they just well, we're going to cancel the project. It, it, it makes me wonder, like, what kind of, you know, what kind of uh, analysis, did they, critical analysis, did they do before instituting these policies? And it doesn't appear that there was any, and that's what makes me think, well, they're just paying off some kind of. This is somebody somewhere really, really, really wanted this to happen. Yeah, well, then and there's that, and then there's the the whole idea of having no policy like the southern border. I mentioned a minute ago, right before you came on the air, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott just today uh, appointed his own, I think it was today or yesterday, just appointed his own border czar. So he's got an internal, he's got to, had to go out and hire a person, give them a full-time gig to be his border czar, Operation Lone Star, putting National Guard on the border, trying to build his own wall. And it's because there has been a refusal to implement uh, policies that are effective on the border. And that's a classic example of the federal government just choosing not to do something that it should be doing. Right. Because the law's on the books. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you go all the way back to Simpson, Missouli in 1986, and the law is on the books. It it, it, it just is. This is how you're supposed to enforce the border. Uh, we've had administration after administration not really do that properly, and, and we paid the price for it. But it's if we go back to when they impeached Donald Trump the first time and they went after him for Ukraine and not fulfilling the desire, the wishes of a duly elected Congress and getting whatever aid to Ukraine without some strings attached. Well, this this new this this ideological approach toward open borders that Alejandro Mayorkas is notorious for long before he was oh, DHS yeah. secretary oh, yeah. and this policy, it's 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 anti it's antithetical to existing law i mean that seems to be just as big of a sin with the biden administration it's not a question of policy policy is one thing it's just how you're going to execute the law but they're just uh going uh, against the law they're contradicting the law here 
Well, I tell you what, uh, Jeff, in about the two or three minutes we got left, I got to switch gears on you. I didn't tell you this was coming, but you guys ran a story that came out, I think, yesterday. State Representative Chestnut files a bill to prohibit the mandatory uh, employee microchipping. Have you did you dig into that story yourself? I know Craig Monger is the one who wrote it, but that's a creepy story if you get down to it. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to dig into it yourself, but I'm looking at it thinking that's a Democrat supporting a bill that I really like because there better not be any mandatory microchipping here in the state of Alabama. It's like we're uh, we're being microchipped like we're dogs. No, <laughs> I'm uh, saying. Craig, uh, you know, he's just watching the bills that are being <laughs> you, you go microchip your dog, right? Right. Uh, uh, Craig's watching the pre-filed bills as they come across, and 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 that one came up. And I don't, it's not clear to us exactly what the uh, what the motivation is here from uh, uh, Representative Chestnut. Why this is? Uh, is there a a company in, in his district that says, hey, you know, we're going to start microchipping our employees to make sure we know when they come and go? I don't know, but uh, it's it's like you're you're saying, oh well. Uh, they always talk about this, uh, Senator. Uh, it's a uh, solution in search of a problem. I mean, maybe that's the case here, but I don't necessarily mind it sometimes, I no, guess. I, I don't. In fact, uh, I did a little study on it. I'm going to do a segment after you and I get off here. I'm going to call it Too Much Tech, and this is the lead story on it. And, and what I found is there's 10 other states that have already done this, and there are multiple companies that are doing what they call voluntary microchipping. So you can be, uh, they can tell where you are at work. You can use your microchip in your hand to get food at the counter in the, in the cafeteria and open your doors and even tell you uh, how to activate your computers. And I'm just, I'm just saying big fat no to the mark of the beast is where I'm at on this thing. I don't want to see it. Um, and so I think I'm going to try and get Chestnut on the show and just give him a chance to talk about his bill. Yeah, it's just like an invasion of your bodily autonomy. I, 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 so I, 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 I I'm uh, I'm I'm pro bans on prohibitions on um, uh, people being microchipped like I do my two golden doodles. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, uh, Jeff, I appreciate you. Uh, tell them where they can find out more about 1819 News or your own show if you want to. Go ahead and tell them. Uh, 1819 News is easy. 1819news.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, check me out, twitter.com backslash Jeff underscore poor. And that's sort of the one-stop shop for everything I do. All right, brother. Appreciate you. You have a great day, man. Oh, hey, wow. thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Tell you what, Boomer, we're going to go take the break right now. We'll come right back. I'll put a lid on this thing, finishing up this state action, because you do want to hear about these two stories that I've got, I know. The one about the uh, school meals and the other one um, about uh, VA abortion policies in our state when we're a pro-life state. Come on. Yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll go into the next one, which I already kind of baited for you. Too much tech. This one has got some creep factor written on, like, like Skynet becoming aware. You know what I'm saying? Phil Williams. Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.